How would you like to increase your influence, make more money, and have friends for life? Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Typically in this podcast, I'm taking listener questions, and we talk about how to get that tune-up, how to overhaul your life, how to find your passion, how to decide what kind of life you want to live, then finding or creating work that allows you to show up every day, excited to be able to do something that is meaningful, fulfilling, and profitable. Well, today, the end result is no different, but I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. Rather than just going through random questions that address these things, I'm going to develop them into one theme for this topic, how to increase your influence, make more money, have friends for life. If you're feeling lonely, isolated, vulnerable, poor, golly, reminds me of an acronym they use, HALT, H-A-L-T. People who are going through recovery can tell you what that means. It means hungry, angry, lonely, tired. They know that sets you up for making bad decisions. Well, if you're feeling any of those things, I've got good news for you. I'm going to share seven simple things you can do to transform your influence, increase your income, expand the number of friends who you can go to for anything you want. All right, hang on. This is going to be fun. Quotation comes from Rich Litvin, who's the author of The Prosperous Coach, a book that we use in our coaching mastery program. He says, the results you're getting are perfect for the system you have created. Now, let that sink in as we go through some of the things we're going to go through here today. Our resource is Six Tips to a Successful Day Through a Positive Attitude. And if you go to 48days.com slash attitude, it'll take you right to those six tips to have a successful day, no matter what. Now, I normally start off with good news, and this is going to all be good news, so I'm going to go right into it. But this week, I'm starting a four-week eagle's nest in our eagle's community on finding and keeping profitable clients and customers. What I want to share here today is just one of those segments. So it doesn't matter if you're not in business or anything. You know, if you have a a regular job, that's fine. This is going to address you as well. This is one of those four segments, but it addresses the concerns that I hear a lot of you have, not just in selling or growing a business, but simply in having a great life with lots of friends and the confidence that you are making a difference. You know, people that that want to end the day, like Brenda Bouchard, you know, asking yourself, did I live? Did I love? Did I matter? So here are those seven areas, seven tips that I want to give you about how you can do the things that we've just mentioned here. Now, I'm going to be putting in the, in the notes, I'll put in the show notes on our site, 48days.com there, where you can get hyperlinks to further resources in these areas that I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to go through trying to convey all of those in a verbal format like this, but I'll have them in our show notes on our page. So the first one I want to talk about in these ways to be successful, and incidentally, when when I'm talking through these things, you know, being successful is not just about closing transactions. It's about opening and nurturing relationships. You're going to hear my focus for that 
in this, in these steps where, yes, I'm talking to people who want to grow their businesses, but I'm talking to anybody who wants to be successful in life. The first one is what I call 100 cups. Now you may have heard of this. Jason Elkins, seven years ago, got let go from a job. Now he's a marketing guy, web guy, you know, had some skills, but he got let go. And he thought, well, before I really go looking for another position, I ought to just pick the brains of some of my most successful friends. So he got together with a friend, they had coffee together, and he picked his brain, then he did it again. And he thought, wow, I'm really learning a lot from doing this. I want to just continue this. So he made it a goal to meet with 100 people, thus the 100 cups, 100 cups of coffee. That's how he frames this. He started meeting with people. He got not only multiple job offers, but he also had offers for work that he could do, so much so that he decided he didn't want to take a job. He has an overload of work as a result of having these 100 cups of coffee with people. And he decided that he's really just going to teach these principles to other people. I recently went through his course. It was through the Tennessee State, let's see, it was the Department of Small Small Business Development Center. That's what it was. So I went through the course, but um, reestablished my friendship with Jason. He actually did one of his... uh, cups of coffee with me after that. We did it virtually as he's doing a lot these days, but the power of the process is just astounding. And he starts off, you know, where he tells people, Hey, I made a list of a hundred people. I want to get to know better. You're on it. Can we set up a 20 minute time to have a conversation? It's just like that. But in doing that, the conversations inevitably lead to what he's doing, what the other person is doing, how they can share resources and ideas, help each other out, Boom, that kind of thing. Now, you might remember a few years ago, David Bach, the New York Times bestselling author, he's written a whole lot of books about money. He wrote a book called The Latte Factor. And in that, he made a case for skipping your coffee every day. So he proposes that if you spend $3.50 on a coffee every day over a working lifetime, that's going to add up to more than $50,000, know, 40, day, 40 years of doing that every day. And so he makes a mathematical case for if you skip doing that, you could turn that $50,000 by investing it properly you know, into a million dollars. Okay, that makes sense mathematically, but it doesn't make sense behaviorally because we know that if you spend that time with people, now, if you just go in and have a coffee by yourself, yeah, just take the math, you know, you can save money, save up your money from doing that. But if you have those cups of coffee with people sitting on the other side, it can transform your life and do all the things we're talking about here. So I love to be kind of be a, um, a thorn in the side in that theory, because this is not about mathematics. This is about relationships. You may spend that $3.50 on a cup of coffee and buy the other person theirs, and the $7 investment can open up the door for you for a $50,000 opportunity that you would not otherwise have had. Now, also in this content, I mean, I've got a lot of questions to ask where you can you know, structure these meetings with people. I've got uh, one of the steps we have in 48 days, day number 47, is to have lunch with a millionaire. And uh, I have more people get stuck on that than any other step because they say, well, what would I ask? So I've got a list of questions 
that you ask a millionaire. So that's in the 48 days content as well. But have fun with this process of meeting with people where you don't have any particular agenda even. This is a long view of success. This is not, what can I do today to put money in the bank tonight? This is developing relationships where you don't know where they're going to lead. Last week, I had lunch with Vincent Puglisi. Some of you may know him. He has a book, Freelance to Freedom. He has a really awesome daily podcast. He has a large online community. But uh, they recently were down here in the Florida area, and he just texted me, you want to have lunch? And I said, sure, how about today? So I went and had lunch with Vincent and his son, Andrew. We we didn't talk about business. We talked about fun things like family. His son, Andrew, has a couple tarantulas. He's really into that. I mean, these are big. These things are the size of your hand. And he's been going out to the beach here in Florida, Siesta Key, and with his tarantulas and standing there and just giving people the opportunity to let it crawl up their arm. Well, you know that's kind of a challenge and experience. A lot of people have unrealistic fears about a tarantula like that. And he has some fun lines. We were teaching him lines that he could say to people. Like a lady says, you know, wow, if this thing bites me, is it going to hurt? And he says, nah, if he bites you, it'll kill you instantly. You won't feel a thing. So we were just playing with things like that. And he's been going out on the beach and coming back with 200 bucks and just in tips from people going through the experience, gathering around a little crowd, and they give him tips. So, I, you know, where's that going to go? I don't know. I didn't have any agenda for that. But nurturing that relationship with somebody who has a large audience, I'm sure over time will impact my own success as well. Recently, Shane Sams, who has a, a big podcast following, uh, he's a speaker, a consultant, talks to a lot of people who have online membership communities. I've been on his podcast. He's given me advice on our community. They were recently in Tampa. He texted me. I said, hey, come on down. We'll go to dinner together. They did. We had a delightful time together. But then see, the counterpart to that is we recently did a webinar. So we did a webinar on the five reasons big dreamers get stuck and how to blast through those. Yes, it was part of our business, but we sent that out to people like Shane Sams, Shane and Jocelyn, Vincent Puglisi, and Eric Johnson, and Jeff Brown, and a whole lot of other people, you know, Pat Flynn, John Lee Dumas. Those people shared that webinar with other people. Well, at that webinar, we brought in 68 new members in the Eagles community. So yes, it's a mutual sharing kind of thing that we help each other back and forth. But it comes through these informal meetings, comes through those coffee connections that you certainly can do together. I mean, there's really, it, it has a lot to do with the principle in the Bible about breaking bread together. The concept of breaking bread, you don't need to break bread if you're by yourself. You can just chew it as you go. The breaking bread implies you're together with somebody. It's a significant interaction, a relationship. John Levy has a book out called You're Invited. It's fairly new, but John was a 28-year-old guy, kind of unemployed, directionless, not knowing what he was going to do. And he started putting together these dinners that he calls the Influencer's Dinner. Now, at first, it was just, you know, his local friends and all. I put it together, but with a concept that's really unique twist because he invites 12 guests who come. They don't know who else is going to be there, 12 people, and they cook dinner together. So their job is to cook dinner, to clean up, to mop the floors, the whole thing. And they aren't to tell people 
who they are other than their first name while they're doing this. Then after they have the dinner completely, all ready to go, they sit down, then they share who they are. Well, he's had people in there who are leaders in all kinds of industries, Nobel laureates, Olympians, celebrities, artists, musicians, Grammy winners. And all. And at this point, there is a waiting list. It's considered an incredibly high honor to be invited to one of those dinners. He calls them again, the influencers dinner. You can check that out. Mike Kim, who a lot of you know in our audience, Mike has a brand new book out. You are the brand that's getting a lot of attention right now. It's done really well. He has what he calls the Epic Breakfast. He invites 15 people and he often does this around a conference that a lot of people may be going to. So he'll have his Epic Breakfast where he invites 15 people they come. He has some guidelines for that. There's one conversation rather than a whole bunch of them going on. Um, Brian Dixon does breakfast like that. Just opportunities to deepen the relationships. Now, what we do in, in like the Eagle's Nest is we allow 20 people to come into one. The group that I'm doing has 20 people in there. And because of the relationships and the mutual support sharing of ideas, it stimulates confidence, trust, between those people. And it encourages them to volunteer for leadership. So there's a boost up in everything that they're doing as a result of that. So that's the 100 cups. That's the first of seven that I'm going to give you here, but just a principle that you can use no matter what it is you're doing. We're going to adapt that kind of concept in a 48 days community. I'm kind of trying to come up with a concept that we can use yesterday. Uh, Giovanna Ellison suggested 48 meaningful moments I want something that implies that getting together, it may not be physically being in the same room to share a cup of coffee or tea, but something where there's a a meaningful connection. But I love that, 48 meaningful moments. Now, number two, I call nurture marketing. Again, this is a term that did not originate with me. It was uh, that term was coined by Jim Cecil uh, years and years ago when Jim was engaged by Microsoft to help them figure out how to get integration into companies. It was back when Microsoft realized that these little things they were developing, these computers, were not just an entertainment thing for people at home, but they could be used effectively in business. So this goes back a ways, but Jim Cecil coined this term nurture marketing. I use that very, very effectively. When I was starting out and doing a workshop, I called Leading with Excellence, just helping people understand their leadership style and how to be most effective in doing that. But in the nurture marketing process, I identified 70 to 80 companies in the Nashville, Tennessee area that I knew could use, could benefit from that workshop that I was doing on leadership. I contacted them in a way that simply offered to give them information. It wasn't salesy, but I would just reach out to them every month with, here's an article I thought might help you. Hey, I know it's a challenge, you know, here's something that uh, talks about hire for attitude, train for skill. That opened the door for me, sending those out monthly to those companies opened the door for me to have very, very lucrative contracts to do those workshops. I was engaged with people like uh, Deutsche Bank, General Electric, National Federation of Independent Business. I did all the prison wardens. I took them through this process and I was getting $8,000 a day to do that. And this was many, many years ago. So it was very, very lucrative, but it was the nurture marketing process that opened the door for that. Contacting organizations, 
that could benefit from what it is you have to offer them, and over time, then having them become your clients and customers. Now, the third thing is what I call your 3 a.m. list. I love this process. This is what it involves. Who is there where you could pick up the phone, call them at 3 a.m. in the morning? If you're really stuck and truly in need of assistance, and that person would not only answer their phone, they'd drop everything they were doing, they'd get out of bed, they'd inconvenience themselves, they'd drive, fly, wire money, whatever they needed to do to help you. And I put in there as a caveat on my list, they would be willing to give me $10,000 without a lot of questions. Now, it's not about the money, but it's about somebody having a commitment where they would really put skin in the game if needed beyond just saying, Hey, I'll pray for you, buddy. You know, which a lot of people would do, but who would really be willing to put something on the line to help you? Here's the thing. So this is your 3am list. That list right now represents your potential for future success. I mean, the number one predictor of your success or failure is the relationships that you have. Think about that. Who do you have on that list, your 3 a.m. list? Now, if you've got this list, it's constantly growing. I know you're unstoppable. I mean, I don't care what grade you got in school, or even if you went to school. Got a note this morning from a lady who only went to the sixth grade. She's embarrassed about it. She did get her GED, but she's embarrassed about it. And I'm like, wow. Who cares what happened all those years ago? What are you doing right now? So I don't care how smart you are, what your SAT scores were. I don't care how much money you have right now or how much you'd like to have someday. I don't care where you live. I don't care what color your skin is, what physical ailments you might have. None of that matters. Show me your 3 a.m. list. If it's long, you're a safe bet. If you were a stock, if you were a company, I'd invest in you. And frankly, I mean, that's what investors look at venture capitalists, they look more at the individual than they do the business idea itself. So let me just kind of throw some numbers out here. I mean, if you can get 48 names on your list, I'd invest in what you're doing because you have the potential to do incredible things. I mean, no matter what you attempt, you've got a community of people ready to step up and support you. That's the power of relationships. Now, what I recommend is that you have as many people on your 3 a.m. list as you are years in age. So if you're 28, you ought to have 28 people on there. If you're 55, you ought to have 55 people on there. On my own list, this point, I, I just checked before I started recording here. I currently have 102. Now, I'm not quite that old yet. It gives me a little margin, but that's really important to me. There are people where I go back and add you know, to that list. Just recently, here's an example of how this works. Two weeks ago, I spoke at the Venice Chamber of Commerce here near where I live to the CEO roundtable. These are CEOs of companies that are worth a million dollars or doing a million dollars or more in business every year. So anyway, it's that group of people. Two weeks before I spoke, I contacted the gentleman who contacted me asking me to speak there. He's a CEO himself, very powerful guy. And I gave him two books, copies of books, not my own, but other people. 
They were Chris Tuff's book, The Millennial Whisper, because I was going to be speaking to these people about how to find winners and keepers in the post-pandemic economy. We know how challenging it is right now for companies to find workers. And I was going to speak on that topic. So I gave this gentleman, his name is Bob, I gave him copies of The Millennial Whisper, which speaks to that issue by my friend Chris Tuff, and also Giftology by John Rulon. He was blown away by both of those books. He brought those books to the presentation and in the process of introducing me, shared those books as well. As soon as I left there, I texted Chris Tuff and I said, man, I had an opportunity. You know, the guy who introduced me shared your amazing book. People just went nuts on it. They want copies. And he was like, oh my gosh, you know, what can I do to get down there and speak to that group? I shared with John Ruin, same thing. I said, man, I just showed them the professional, the really classy presentation box that you've got for your book. I said, this guy that introduced me showed it to them. They're all fired up about it. He said, get me the name of half a dozen people in that room, and I'll send them that gift box with a note from you. All right, so I gave him the names of gentleman who owns a construction firm here. They build nothing but hospitals, churches, and retirement centers. I gave him the name of another gentleman who has physical therapy centers. He's a MD and a PhD in neuroscience. An amazing guy. We've since become even better friends. We've had some other interactions. But he now has four over 400 clinic locations from Florida to Maine to California up into Canada. This is a very powerful guy. He's going to be receiving that book from John Ruhlin and Giftology from me. I gave him Kathy Lerner's name, the executive director of the chamber. She saw it and just absolutely went bananas, said, how can we get this guy down here to speak to some of our groups here? That Now, think about the relationships that I nurtured in that simple interaction. I was there for two hours. The gentleman who invited me, I'm on the top of his list because of what I presented there. These individuals that are going to get a gift from me, I mean, everybody else that was in the room, the director of the Chamber of Commerce, she's already told me that I can use the Chamber of Facility for free anytime I want to, to, to for group meetings if I want to. I mean, that's amazing. And the only thing she wants from me is that I agree to be available to speak to various groups that she has come into the Chamber. But all those relationships were nurtured as a result of just that one simple framing of an opportunity that I had to speak for a short period of time. That's the power of doing that. When you think back, a lot of you know my relationship with Dave Ramsey started 30 years ago. I mean, that relationship has brought thousands and thousands and thousands of people to 48 days and the things that we do here. Other people like John Lee Dumas, Chris Ducker, Pat Flynn, so on and so forth. These are people that are on my, my 3 a.m. list where I could share an idea or a request knowing that I would be heard completely. Those are the kind of things that you want. Work on your 3 a.m. list. It'll transform the results that you're getting. Now, you aren't hearing me talk about Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Clubhouse, a lot of those things. Yeah, you know, I hear people who are doing that. And it gives a very superficial connection to people and also a very vulnerable method of connecting with people. I mean, we have somebody 
in our community who had built his business on helping people use Facebook ads. He left his job because he was very successful in helping companies do that. So he had a robust business. Then on April 27th of this year, he got a note from Facebook that morning telling him he was banned for life from Facebook. No warning, no discussion, no negotiation, not banned for 30 days, banned for life. He went from a very full, robust business to absolutely no business in one day. His advice, don't build your business on rented land. That's why, are those things helpful? Yes, they are. But I'm talking about things that have no vulnerability to social media tools. So my focus is really on these things that are timeless, proven methods that can work again and again and again and can help you with whatever you want to accomplish. Well, hey, just a note to remind you, typically we're going through listener questions. Keep those coming in. You can shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com. But uh, today is just kind of an exception going through these seven tips that I think can help transform the success you're getting personally, no matter what it is that you're doing. So the next one, number four, speaking. You don't have to have some big business that you're building. You may just want to be an influencer in your community. If you come up with a 25-minute presentation on what it is, that you, something you know about, where you have an area of expertise, you can, with that, get opportunities to speak at the Rotary Club, the Kiwanis, the Lion Club, churches. I mean, they're always looking for good content, people that can share ideas. Now, if you wanted to be more than that, let me give you an example. When I was 37 years old, I purchased a fitness center in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So that very first year, I went to the big conference for fitness club owners and employees called Club Industry. It's still the big big conference in that industry. I knew nothing about the industry. I was green as can be, had no background, no history in that at all. So I sat there and I listened to the workshops and I heard the common theme of not being able to find and keep great employees. Now I had a rock star staff. I thought, my gosh, my people are committed to me. They'd do anything for me. And I thought, I ought to be doing a workshop on exactly that, how to find and keep these rock star employees that I had. So I asked around inquiring what I would have to do to be considered as a speaker. I got the name of the conference producer. His name was Howard. I didn't try to bother him during the conference, because I knew he'd be busy with a thousand things. But on the way home, the next day, I stopped and called Howard. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. He said, you know, he gets tons of proposals. I I need to send him just an overview of what content I thought would add value. And the implication was, you know, lots of luck, dude. You know, I get plenty of proposals from people, and we certainly can't take everybody. But I did. I sent him three proposals for things I thought I could present that would have value. He immediately contacted me, asked me to do all three. And for the next seven years, they flew Joanne and me, gave us luxury accommodations for the conferences that were held in Long Beach, California, Chicago, and Manhattan up in New York. I was instantly given credibility in an industry where I had no history. I began consulting with other clubs because of the position of being a speaker at the primary conference. How did I get that? I just simply ask, and you can do the same. 
I mean, that can do something, whatever you want to position you as a voice of authority, credibility, influencer in your community. Writing, as you know, writing has served me well. That's number five. Writing, I have magazines like AARP magazine, you know, health and fitness magazines, uh, a lot of the Christian publications. I've had a lot of favor there, but I've written in tons and tons of magazines over the years. Magazines have a very long life. You know, a lot of things we put out there today, and they have a very short life. Magazines are around. I mean, you know, you go to the doctor and you pick up a magazine. It's five years old, and you may read a, an article in there and still respond to it. If you want opportunities for writing, incidentally, pick up the new version of Writer's Market. Writer's Market. Just look it up on Amazon, but make sure that you're getting the 2021 edition. It's not released yet. I've pre-ordered it. It'll be released October 26th, but it's a big fat book and it gives you contact information. I mean, like there's like 8,000 different sources in there, places like magazines, newspapers, blogs that are looking for content and it has who to contact at that organization. And if it's if they pay, no, I never looked for being paid for writing. Writing leads to the other things in our community where we, we do generate income. But it also tells, you know, how much they pay per word. And yes, I've been paid for articles. I mean, uh, writing for like AARP magazine. I mean, they paid me $4,000 just to write a, a 1,500 word article for their publication. But here's what happens when you write like that. Now, that particular one, they claim an audience of 38 million readers for AARP magazine. I mean, it's massive, way beyond Reader's Digest, even magazines like that. So writing has served me really well. Here's another example and something you can do today. A few years ago, I started commenting on Michael Hyatt's blog. Now, at the time, he was CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishing, but he also had over 250,000 subscribers to his blog. These are primarily writers because he was the CEO of the biggest Christian publishing house you know, in the world at that time, Thomas Nelson Publishing. They've now been purchased by HarperCollins and are part of that organization. But I just commented a couple times a week on Michael's blog. Well, then we started meeting at parties and different events around Nashville. He recognized me as the name that frequently showed up in his blog, and we began a friendship. Then in November of 2011, I proposed a topic for his blog with a large audience of authors, but he loved the challenge I threw up, and the post just blew up with activity. I titled it, Forget the Royalties, Just Give My Book Away. Well, authors went nuts. They're like, what are you talking about? That's how we make our money. And I'm saying, no, if that's how you're making your money, you think you're going to make money by selling your book, you've missed the big picture. You make peanuts from selling your book, but you can make millions by leading people to other things where you really do make money. So he published that. A couple months later, he asked for another post. And I wrote, how to increase your income by letting customers have it their way. We had a picture at the beginning of a hamburger, did a a play on words because, you know, the hamburger joints say you can have it your own way. And then he asked me to sit down with him and do a video. And we sat down and did a video that I titled, How to Make $150,000 This Year from Your Platform. He used that as a master class for his platform university. He says that it's still the most watched video he's ever had. For two years, it was used as the placeholder for platform university when that 
organization was closed as an example of the kind of content you would have access to as a member. Now, over that period of time, in addition, just like what I'm talking about with all these things, Michael and I didn't just have business transactions. We'd become great friends. Our wives are friends. God, we've been on multiple cruises together. And just this week, Gail, Michael's wife, begged us to stay at their place when we go back up to Nashville next month. So that's the power of guest blogging. My content has been shared with millions of people through the process of engagement and then borrowing the audience of people with whom I've established trust. You can do the same thing. Here's another way you can do this in the in this kind of this arena here. Become someone else's success story. A few years back, when I was just I had the three-ring binder version of 48 Days to the Work You Love, I went to a conference put on by Mark Victor Hansen co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul in Los Angeles, Megabook University. So I went there, actually Dave Ramsey, Dave and Sharon went with us. We sat there for three days, listened to this guy, came back. Dave was then selling his little self-published version of Financial Peace, and I had my little three-ring binder at 48 days. We came back, we just both started doing things that Mark Victor Hansen talked about. And in the next 30 months, I sold over $2 million worth of my little three-ring binder. Well, that led to, with the sales, that that led to publishers knocking on my door. Then I signed my first book contract with a traditional publisher. That did extremely well, based a lot on the relationship I had with Dave Ramsey, where he was promoting on his growing radio show. I was really the primary advertiser with him at that point. And we rocketed up on that. And then because of the success of that book, there was a bidding war for my next book, was which was No More Dreaded Mondays. Uh, for that, I got a very large advance from Random House. So I shared that story with Mark Victor Hansen. I said, I came to your conference. Boom, this is what happened since. He said, I want you to come back to my next conference and come on stage with me and share that story, which I did. So we've become friends. I just recently had Mark and Crystal on the podcast here talking about their new book, Ask, but that relationship has been maintained now for, well, well, 18 years it's been, 18 years since I first went to that that first conference. So that relationship has opened doors of opportunity in so many different ways. Most of you in this community, our community, know the name Marianne Renner. She's one of our rock star coaches, came through our coaching program and just done amazing things. Well, she's very open about crediting me with putting her on this direction, the path that she's on now, and attributing you know what she's done with me to the success she's having now. Well, you know the counterpart to that? I have mentioned her name over and over and over again as a resource for people to go to. I've recommended her to companies as a consultant to come in where she's gotten lucrative contracts with them. It works both ways, developing the relationships like that. Well, let me jump on here. I've got lots of notes on all of these, but I want to just get through these to wrap this up. Number six is a podcast. You all know I love doing the podcast. I love getting your questions each week. I love doing the way that I do this podcast. I started this in December of 2006. I've never missed a week, um, never done a replay, and I know that consistency builds trust. If when you, we, we put this up, we post this podcast on Friday mornings. And trust me, if it's not live by about 10 o'clock, we start hearing from people. So I, I love that. I love that people anticipate it and um, 
know that it's going to be coming. I started everything that I'm doing as a Sunday school class. I anticipated, you know, having 10 people in a room, kids who were deciding what they wanted to major in in college, you know, or somebody who just lost their job at Walmart and looking for a new position. And as you know, you know, I had a few of those, but I also had people showing up who were physicians, dentists, attorneys, pastors, engineers, accountants. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, well, we're doing okay, but I don't think this is it. I think there's something else. And it'll open the door for me to move into that space to help people wherever they were age-wise and academic-wise, credential-wise, to help that them really take a fresh look at how has God uniquely gifted me? How can I then take that and turn that into meaningful, purposeful, profitable work on Monday morning? So that little Sunday school class grew exponentially. And then I started doing a weekly seminar in Nashville that just opened to the public on Monday nights. Then I got, then I was on the radio for six years, WTN, the big, powerful hundred thousand watt station in Nashville. Then I started this podcast each time multiplying my audience by a factor of 10. That's the power of having this kind of a format. If this fits you, I don't think anybody, everybody ought to do a podcast, but if it fits you, wow, what an amazing tool to make more connections, increase relationships with more people. Last thing I want to mention here is 1,000 true fans. Now, that's a term, again, not original with me. Kevin Kelly, uh, years ago, wrote a piece that has been viral. I'll put a link to it in the show notes where you can go look at that. But here's, here's how this works. Here's what his concept was. If you have only 1,000 people who know who you are, they like what you do, they love the resources you provide, and they're going to spend $100 with you over the course of a year. That's it. Well, if you do that, if you have a 1,000 true fans who spend $100 each year, it's $100,000. I mean, that's a decent living for most people. And you can play with the math on that. Obviously, if you have 5,000 fans or you have a product that where they spend $1,000 instead of $100, you can do anything you want to. But the concept is 1,000 true fans. So the question is, what are you doing to build a list of people where you have the kind of relationships that I'm talking about here? How could you get 1,000 people who know about you, who will listen to what you have to say, who will go any direction that you, you can then go any direction you want to in life. I started my newsletter in August of 2000, and I sent it out to my list of 67 people whose email addresses I had. That was it, 67 people. Now, here we are in August again. Hey, this is cool, August. So it'll be, it's 21 years right now since I started the newsletter. 21 years, and again, I've never missed a week of sending that out. And we've had over 140,000 people who have signed up for that little newsletter. But it didn't happen overnight. But because I was consistent with that, I nurtured the relationships. I responded to people when they wrote to me, as I still do. It has grown and grown and grown. All right? So there you have it. Just seven quick tips for increasing your influence, making more money, having friends for life. And again, just to run through those, they're number one, the 100 cups. Number two, nurture marketing. Number three, your 3 a.m. list. Four, speaking 
five writing six podcast seven one thousand true fans i hope this has been encouraging i couldn't wait to share this with you this is nothing but good news no downers in this at all it doesn't matter what the economy is doing what the pandemic is doing who's in the white house those things you can be successful regardless of what's happened in those arenas they may seem like they're looming large but there are so many opportunities to move ahead and we're hearing from so many people who are in fact are doing that i mean this has been 18 months now moving into 20 months of y'all scratching our heads figuring out what are we going to do with this a lot of people have just simply uncovered new opportunities because they asked that question what does this make possible not poor me jam stuck what does this make possible they're moving forward because of that hey i know you're in that group you wouldn't be listening here unless you were well, hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions. Again, shoot those in to askdan at 48days.com. Success stories you've got, resources you want to share, just simply questions that you're struggling with that we can kind of unpack together. But thanks for being part of this listening audience. Thanks for being open to growing and being a powerful force for making the world a better place and for believing without a shadow of doubt that we can find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.